Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a Minimalist Monday edition of Optimal Living Daily, episode 1599, Eudaimonia, by Colin Wright of ExileLifestyle.com, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Monday, and welcome to one of the only podcasts in the world where blogs are narrated to you for free. That's with permission from the authors. If you're intimidated by today's post called Eudaimonia, you have no idea what that is, like me, don't worry, it'll be explained. So let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. Eudaimonia by Colin Wright of ExileLifestyle.com. Most decisions we make can be traced back to our desire to be happy. But happiness is a fuzzy term and is often, incorrectly I would argue, conflated with a collection of other terms, fulfillment, pleasure, contentment, and satisfaction among them. Homing in on this difference is important though as it allows us to better refine our actions so that we actually move in the direction we think we're moving so that we truly pursue what we tell ourselves we're pursuing. There's a philosophical concept, eudaimonia, that is particularly useful for the purposes of discussion. Eudaimonia can be seen as a metric by which one can measure the relative goodness or positivity of their life. It's often positioned as a counterpoint to hedonism, though arguably the two overlap in some important ways and are not entirely oppositional. Hedonism states, in essence, that pleasure and happiness are the main purpose of any person's life. And therefore, anything that you might do to achieve a greater level of pleasure is fair game. That's the correct path to take. There are, of course, downsides to this perspective, especially when it comes to our relationships with others and our functionality within our societies. Eudaimonia, in contrast, focuses less on pleasure-related happiness and more on a broad sense of wellness. What that means in practice is rather than dedicating oneself to the reckless pursuit of pleasurable sensations and bursts of dopamine, it's more ideal to live a virtuous life, to develop into an increasingly refined version of oneself, and to enjoy the process of self-honing that leads to growth. There are many sub-perspectives that have splintered from this main concept. The Stoics believe that the virtue component of eudaimonia is itself the beginning and end of fulfillment potential, and therefore any external sources of pleasure should be avoided. While the Aristotelian view allows for a sense of fulfillment in personal development that includes one's ability to appreciate art, beauty, nature, etc. But the contrast with hedonism is the greater contrast. This is about gratification derived from personal growth and refinement, not transient happiness from any activity that happens to trigger biological surges in pleasure chemicals. This term has proved immensely useful for me in describing why I live the way I live to people who find my lifestyle framework puzzling. Why do you spend so much of your free time working, they ask me. 
Isn't that unhealthy, never stepping away from your job, never taking a vacation? The truth of the matter, though, is that I absolutely love the work I do. If I never made a cent from writing, I'd still be writing. If I wasn't able to make a part-time career out of podcasting, I'd make my career elsewhere and spend my off hours making my podcasts. Further, my work and how I approach it has less to do with the particulars of the tasks I perform, the writing of words, the recording of audio, and more to do with what those tasks do for me. It's about the growth I experience by going through these motions and intellectually engaging with the associated habits and rituals and the ability to graze wildly on different fields of inquiry of realms of exploration. The challenges that come tandem with such work are frictions that help me sand myself into shape. The ever-present concern that I'll mess it all up, reveal myself as a fraud, succumb to the pressures of working for myself, that stresses my mind muscles, helping them grow stronger and more resilient. There's a satisfaction in difficult work that bears valuable fruit. There's fulfillment in engaging with that work. There are bursts of pleasure chemicals, certainly, but most of the joy derived from such effort is unrelated to the joy experienced when biting into a delicious piece of fruit or having with an attractive partner. It's eudaimonian happiness, not hedonistic happiness. Importantly, as I mentioned, there are crossovers between the two. Neither type of happiness is worthless, and it's possible, for instance, to take a certain hedonistic joy in viewing a beautiful piece of artwork while also experiencing eudaimonian growth from that exposure. Learning more about the medium, appreciating the skill that went into creating it, understanding more about the craft through this new exposure to it, and becoming a more well-rounded person who has seen and experienced more things. We live in a world that in many ways, on many levels, and for many reasons, more casually recognizes and celebrates hedonistic pleasures. This is partly because they're easier to provide, to mass produce, but also because they smoothly align with our means of distributing such pleasures. Hedonistic joy is something you can purchase, while eudaimonian fulfillment is something you generally have to accomplish. It's trickier to passively order online in the few hours you have available after leaving the office and before going to bed. There's nothing inherently wrong with pleasure for the sake of pleasure, but the benefits seem to be longer lasting and the sense of fulfillment seems to be deeper seated when you've spent at least a portion of your time and energy working on your internal happiness production machinery. Doing so is no guarantee that you'll feel wonderful all day, every day, but it does make it more likely that you'll control a steady drip of fulfillment rather than relying on the hedonic treadmill of consumption, one-off experiential highs, and thoughtless thrill-seeking. You just listened to the post titled Eudaimonia by Colin Wright of exilelifestyle.com. And thank you to Colin. I thought this was a super interesting post from him covering a pretty wide area from personal development to minimalism. You can see hedonism in our consumption of tangible goods, always looking for that high when checking out at the grocery store, or more likely nowadays with us staying at home clicking buy now. But this other type of happiness that he talks about, eudaimonia, goes a lot further. One of my favorite questions is, if you won the lottery, what would you do with your life? Maybe in the first week or first month, even year, you would do a lot of traveling, for instance. That's often the first response. But okay, what about after that? Do you imagine you would just travel for the rest of your life? Chances are that the trip is seen as a vacation, and that's what you would do in the short term. But what about long term? Or if you could retire right now, would you? And what would you do? I think those are important questions we should ask frequently at all ages because like Colin, we can find things to do that almost feel like we're retired. We can call it semi-retired even. 
And if I'm being honest, that's a bit how I feel because if I had enough money where I didn't need to work a day in my life, I would not stop doing this podcast. What I'm doing right now is what I wanna be doing and while I'm grateful for that and can't expect everyone to find work where they feel like that, there are ways to get closer and asking these types of questions is a great place to start. By the way, when I come up with a workbook to do alongside this podcast, I'll definitely include that exercise in there. But that'll do it for today. Thank you for being here and listening every day and I'll be back tomorrow, as usual, where your optimal life awaits.